Hello, dreamers. Welcome to the Dream Stream. I am your host, Yiska Cook. And we're doing another dream group today, as we've been doing on Zoom. So we're waiting for a couple of other participants. But until then, I wanted to share with you uh, more from about my dream teachers. I first told you about Dr. Stephen Larson, and then I told you about Jeremy Taylor, Reverend Jeremy Taylor, and now I would like to tell you about my dream teacher, Robert Moss. So he is quite an amazing writer and researcher, researches the dream spaces, and he very shamanic, and he leads us on a lot of uh, visualizations like shamanic drumming and meditation takes us to places to find information about certain aspects of dream and he's a wonderful man before I started learning with him I had had a dream I was I was praying for to find my next teacher I wanted to find my teacher who 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 will be a teacher that I will learn from so um and i had a dream and there was a circus and there was a, a maestro like a master of ceremonies i was calling him the maestro and when i woke up and then when i met robert it became very clear to me that he was the maestro so uh quite amazing he's also very um i don't know that he's a ritualist but he creates amazing rituals that are meaningful and he leads his participants to all be an oracle for one another so that we can um, offer wisdom to one another and and it's spontaneous and it feels so powerful so um yes yeah, so he's written a lot of books and has done a lot of teacher trainings and has traveled around the world offering uh, the richness of his work. So that's a bit about my dream teacher. Proud to say, you know, a dream teacher, but glad to be one of his students, Robert Moss. And one more thing about him is that he um, has a system of dream work that he teaches, and one of the aspects of this is dream theater and um so i've done a lot of dream theater from what i've learned from him so the dreamer can choreograph the dream who will play my mother who will play me etc and um and then it gets acted out in front of them and then we kind of i hate to use the word download but we kind of uh, recall what was meaningful to each of us in this situation and you can you can be inanimate objects as well as animate objects I remember I was once the broken string of a violin or rather I was the violin violin that had a broken string so um, I've had the honor of offering dream theater to my friend Lucy my friend and fellow dream worker her college class and we've done for some years now we've been doing dream theater as part of her um, creative arts class and that is what I learned uh, in Robert Moss's teacher training one
So I'm here with our friend Brendan Merritt, dream worker extraordinaire. And Brendan and I were just chatting about the fact that we both have snippets, but no, nothing longer, not a story. I don't remember a story dream from last night, but I remember a snippet. So I wanted to explore dream imagery with you, Brendan. And let's sure. just take this as far as we can. So I okay. had a dream that my tooth was loose. And I'm not sure, I think it was, I think it was a bottom tooth, but now I'm thinking maybe it was one of my front teeth. I don't remember which tooth, but my tooth was loose and I thought it was gonna be falling out. I'm pretty sure it was on the bottom. And uh, that's all that I remember. So I just wanted to explore that as a dream symbol, tooth. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of things that popped um, initially when you said that. And it's interesting when you think about the difference between, you know, which which tooth is it? Um, is it a molar? Is it an incisor? Is it a canine? Because they all serve a different purpose. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> and <laughs> it was like... I, I actually do have a tooth that is a little wiggly right now. It's, oh. um, yeah, I've got issues with my wisdom teeth. Is it like a gum thing? Your gums aren't holding it in place? Um, it's a combination of a tooth that is not coming in correctly. Because I know when I initially had, I had one wisdom tooth removed and they did x-rays for the entire thing. And I've got one on this side that was, um, had not erupted and really didn't erupt for a really long time, but it, it's apparently like laying flat and pushing. Oh, against. it's like horizontal. <laughs> yep. Oh boy, and, that's oral surgery. Yeah, it is. There's so some the oral, other one surgery was oral surgery for you. And there was uh, the roots were wrapped around each other as oh, well. Oh boy. So yeah, I mean, when it you, do you have like an especially small? I mean, I think I do. I have like kind of a small mouth. Yeah, I don't think I do. I mean, I got a big head because anytime I try to put on hats, it's always yeah. like large. Okay. Um, so my cranium is on the largest size. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend who had extra wisdom teeth. So he, apparently that's some kind of weird Neanderthal. Was he wise? Over. Was he wise beyond his years? Well... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not not. I don't want to be insulting. Right. Um, he's not unwise. Okay. Um, I, in some ways, he's wise beyond his years. But anyway, it was. But he had a lot of problems with his, and I put mm. this dealing with this off for forever. So right now, it's been kind of like a little sensitive and painful and wiggly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I only I only had three wisdom teeth in my mouth that came through. Yeah. So I got four that are all trying to come through. Yeah. Um, had issues Alexander, with- I'm on Zoom, my dear. <laughs> my boys are having a Nerf gun battle. Hello, boys. Shut um, my door, Sonny. Thank you. Shut my door. Oh, he's not. Whatever. <laughs> all right. I this think he doesn't like life. being called Sonny. This is Stop. what we call oh, sorry. I don't mean to be live sorry. broadcasting. I know. Now we know what they dealt with in the nineteen fifties. Or sort of. Thank you. So Okay. 
I mean, the first thing that jumps out with me for yeah. like symbolic stuff related to teeth is nourishment. Yeah. The fact that if we can't chew our food, it's very difficult to get proper nourishment. I know like when I had my wisdom tooth, the one that they did take out, which was oral surgery, I was on um, major painkillers. They gave me like what was it? Some kind of narcotic. I don't remember what it was. Um, and on a totally liquid diet, all I could do was like have like yogurt drinks and ice cream and stuff like that for a while. And, you know, everything was packed up with cotton to prevent it from becoming a dry socket, yeah, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a travail, you know, yeah. but the, oh, it was Percocets they gave me. And yeah, that, I mean, is I that wasn't, an, an hmm? opioid? Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's an actual opium derivative. Okay. It's not like a synthetic narcotic. Okay. But I'm actually allergic to opioids, which I guess okay. is a good thing. <laughs> I guess that is. <laughs> you know, but um, I didn't have an allergic reaction to this one at the time. And I can remember like though, just like being so knotted out by it that I would, you know, go into this dream reverie. Um, like here we are talking about dreams. Um, yes. I can remember just like going into this space where I remember very vividly, everything was sort of like black and white with flashes of color. And this is interesting as it, it touches on what we talked about last week about dreaming and color and whatnot. Yes. The stream seemed predominantly black and white with almost like overtones of other colors like isn't that interesting brendan you were just yeah. saying you don't have black and white dreams yeah and um i remember in the dream looking at a mirror and in the mirror i was morphing into a, there was an old woman in the mirror when i was looking at the mirror not me but like this old woman and now that i think about it um the woman in the mirror looked a lot like a photo that I have of one of my ancestors on my Italian side of the family. I think it was oh. like my great grandmother or great, great aunt Josephina something, you know, and very yes. like traditional, like with the black veil and the yeah. old, like Victorian yes. funeral getup almost in, in the photo, but you know, a nice spring day. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, who knows? But, who knows? But the molars in particular, I really think about nourishment. And the molars are the mm. ones that we use to be able to, you know, chew. process, chew. But grains in particular are the kind of thing. And nuts. You know, I find myself yeah. when I eat nuts, I have to chew it all on the other side right now because yeah. this one thing is like, being pain in the ass and um sorry i don't know if i can say that word on the air i guess oh yeah, we'll you can that. because Never mind. <laughs> why not um, <laughs> yeah we'll have to put a disclaimer um and i've, I've just got a lot of gum sensitivity right yeah. now and i'm worried about infection so i'm having two stuff brendan yeah i have a cavity in my molar in the back but it doesn't hurt but food gets stuck there, and I try to dislodge it with my tongue. Yeah, and it's become a very bad habit. 
Yeah. And I'm always like, <laughs> trying to dislodge the food. So I got to not do that. But, uh, yeah, so I mean, I've gotten into a habit of like swishing warm water around in my mouth after I eat lunch and whatever to get oh, stuff clean, out. Oh, clean out the teeth. Yep. Sure, sure. Um, I remember I actually went to see to a presentation done by some Chinese herbalists in the city and they recommended using like, you know, drinking a lot of tea, okay. particularly green tea. But also like swishing it around in your mouth because of the disinfectant qualities. Like green tea has a certain amount of antiseptic. Oh, I love that quality. Yeah. But yeah, back to the dream part of it though. It's uh, the molars. I I think of as more of like a primal, you know, base nutritional. Yeah. Thing the canines obviously come into play primal. more for tearing meat. Yeah. 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 Which we have both, you know. Right. Um, there are different theories about, you know, evolution. Um, I can remember watching a special a long time ago where they talked about different possible evolutionary tracks, and they were actually suggesting that humans may have been descended from a lines that were closely related to baboons because of the yeah. Oh, canines, okay. Which oh. are much more aggressive species. <gasps> than oh. chimpanzees are even though genetically we share 99 percent of our dna with chimpanzees yeah um, we are that close to chimps um from the genetic perspective at least it's crazy but yeah i mean th there were certain things about the baboons and baboon behavior that is a lot closer like throwing their own shit <laughs> yep well yeah i think chimps it's do a, that the too Bronx zoo you know it, the thing was the baboon, right, mm -hmm. was throwing its shit. Yeah. Well, they, you know, it's interesting. I know that in certain countries, instead of like, you know, using this as an F off, okay. uh, Greece, they go like this, ah. which is a gesture of throwing shit at somebody. Oh, boy. And I think there's similar things in some other countries about that. Yeah, so I was thinking of also some analogies or uh, ways to unpack the idea of tooth, and I was thinking of different puns. So what do we say? Uh, I want to sink my teeth into this, mm. right? So that's one. So that's like I want a deeper understanding of this. I want to really explore this. Um, what are other expressions about teeth? There's an Italian one, actually, that... Um refers to gaining a wisdom with age that is when enough bread has passed between your teeth. Oh, yeah. I it's love it. One of those weird Southern Italian traditional yes. sayings. Wonderful. But I also think about the tooth theory. That's the other oh, thing that yes. was popping for me. And like, yes, what is that about? Like, yeah. where did that whole practice and mythology come from? Like, I think it came from the crows. <laughs> you know, if you throw teeth on the roof of your house, the crows will come and take it because they like shiny things to yeah. adorn their, their, nest. their nest. So uh, there's in, uh, in Hungary, there's been tradition to throw baby teeth onto the roof. So, but also um, we should talk about that because your milk teeth, it's considered the milk teeth of a baby, um, and then they fall out and then you get your adult teeth. So there's something 
about this kind of transformation of yeah. like growing up a little bit more or like uh i don't know deeper becoming yeah, I mean, it's a coming of age i mean and yeah. when you get really old you might start losing your teeth for just the fact that they're old and you're getting old and second childhood <laughs> yeah i mean you're re going in reverse in some ways mm -hmm. But. Mm -hmm. yeah so you were sharing something earlier with me and now i'm not remembering it was also like a fragment yeah um I was at work and I was at lunch and, you know, I get an hour lunch, so I have a leisurely time to eat and then, you know, maybe read or whatever, but I was feeling a little nappish. Um, so I just did one of these, like, you know, I'm in a private room. And so I closed my eyes and leaned back and mm. I was finding myself in a more expansive space. Um, and it felt like it was a hospital. And mm. in that reverie, I could actually see the tiles on the ceiling, like the, you know, the, what do they call them? Um, the drop, it was a drop ceiling okay. in the dream. And it was all like pockmarked. And now that I'm thinking about it, it almost seemed like the marks, the individual pock marks on the drop ceiling were supposed to represent an accounting of days. Oh. And it had something to do with time. Um, and maybe it had to do with the amount of time where I was. And, you know, I think I was kind of meditating on the idea of being in a hospital bed. Yes. And really having nothing to do but like count the thing, the holes in the ceiling tile, which yes. I probably have done at some point or another. Right. Um, and I think at a certain point I realized that it was a dream and it became enough of a lucid dream where I could say to myself, oh, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's there's this whole extra dimensional physical space that I am in right now. Yes. But there's another space that I'm in also at the same time. And I was able to kind of like be cognizant of that to a degree and explore the space I was in, but be aware of the fact that there was another place I needed to be mm -hmm. and pull myself out of it in enough time to be able to clock back in and get wow. back to work when I needed to. Oh, but it wow. was kind of like a weird, it was very disorienting. Yes. Um, Sometimes napping in the middle of the day is a lovely practice and yes. I've had some of my best dreams doing Siesta. that. But man, sometimes getting like back to the, you know, real world yes. from there is a challenge. You know, I it reminds me of an experience. So I've only ever had surgery once, thankfully. Um, I had half of my thyroid removed. I had had like a, they, they called it, what did they call it? Well, it was a lump, you know, but I can't remember what they called it. Um, but anyway. So you had a lump at to me. And, and instead, they, they wanted me to sign something that said, and if it's, because they, they couldn't figure out if it was cancerous cells from the needle biopsy. So if it's cancerous, you can remove from the left side also. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd never, I was so scared. I was, I never had been, you know, in, in the OR before and I wouldn't sign it. So <laughs> it delayed however long, because then they had to print up a new um 
release release form. release form saying just the one that I wasn't releasing the other one. But then, you know, after after such a harrowing surgery, I mean, it wasn't harrowing. Thank God it wasn't at all. But that experience for me. Um, then I was thinking, ooh, maybe I should have let them, you know, just in case. But thank God it wasn't cancerous. So doesn't matter. But um, I had so much trouble coming off of the anesthesia and back into um, the, my, my, you know, operating room or whatever, recovery room. I was, oh, I can't quite remember. I was, I was in another room in my mind talking with my dad and my stepmom and I think a doctor and um and I was there and then I was hearing Jessica Jess Je nobody very few people call me Jess so that was jarring like what <laughs> and um and uh and I but I was like wait I want to stay in that room with dad and Chris you know I want to stay there but they were trying to bring me back into my body you know and then I came back, but it was very strange. I thought it was somewhere else. Hmm. That's perhaps, interesting. So when your dad and your stepmom in there, were were they living at the time or had they or have No, they they're both over? living, thank God, still, okay. yes. Interesting. Yes, yeah. Um, right, no, I wasn't anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just curious, like yeah. that was some sort of crossing over experience. That would have been really cool. Yeah. You know, this was this this was it though. This felt like crossing over in a psychic way, you know, like not over the veil of you know life and between life and death, but um, just like a psychic communication with loved ones. Uh, and I just okay. I just wanted to stay there with them. I didn't want to have to go back to the body that didn't feel good. Blah, I was nauseous. I didn't like the so, but I had to go back and and. It's okay. It's good. But it reminded me of your dream that, that, um, my gosh, do you hear my kids? Huh? Oh, so sorry. <laughs> hey, at least they're having fun, right? I know. I know. And at least they're not on the screen. That's, that's, that's a real challenge for me. Well, I mean, the interweb might want to see them, you know, like they're curious. <laughs> they want to know. I don't want them to come in here. Um, so anyway, so that was that was your dream. But do you have any? Does it have any uh, memories for you? Like, what does that remind you of? Of being thinking you're elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, it. I've had lots of dreams like that. Um, you know, like I said, I think on previous sessions that my dream life sometimes feel uh, feels a little bit like a second life. Right. Um, right. You know, I really get into the idea of exploring spaces. Yes. I have successfully lucid dreamed, although it's not been a practice that I engage in regularly, but it's something I would really, at some point, like to delve back into. Because, yeah, me too, Brendan. Maybe yeah. we could do that together. You know, I mean, I have such good books on lucid dreaming, Stephen LeBurge. You, you heard that name? And no. of course, also Carlos Castaneda, which I oh, read yeah. many, many moons ago. But um, I would like to explore more. I love, I love lucidity in our dreams. So Brendan, if you want to do that with me and listeners, anyone who might also want to do that, let's all, you know, go for lucid dreaming. Let's, yeah. let's try to free ourselves 
That would be cool. I mean, I know a lot of like my own personal spiritual practices. There's a lot, a lot of crossover with dream work. Um, Yes. Some of the writings of R.J. Stewart, um, his visualizations, and most a lot of visualizations that you'll find in within the New Age spectrum of stuff um, involve like sort of dreaming while awake or going into a visualization so fully um, that it can take like a life of its own. Um, Wow. My friend, Phil Farber, um, who I did a lot of work in previous years, has this whole thing that he referred to as metamagic, which incorporates bits of neuro-linguistic programming, Ericksonian hypnosis, a little bit of stuff. Metamagic? Yeah, M-E-T-A. I don't remember if that's an acronym. I'll have to check with him. But he's got a book. Meta would be like, like a above like the essence of right. What does it mean above? Well, oh, meta I, means above. Yeah. Okay. So, so like then maybe the higher, higher level teaching. Yeah. yeah. So he integrated, you know, all of these things plus Western hermetical tradition into this idea, uh, but stripped it down to its base fundamentals, and a lot of the practices were involving uh, visualizing yourself in a situation that you desired, um, like, you know, your perfect house, your perfect job, whatever it was, and then moving, consciously making the effort to move chi, you know, for lack of a better word, um, you know, basically life force, life energy, and taking it into your body and breathing it into the dream. And with each breath or the visualization, the image will become brighter, um, more vivid, sharper, mm. more fully in focus, and things like that. And so to basically, the point where he, he gives you the tools to work with the secret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the secret is not a secret and hasn't really been for no. a lot of people for a long time. But mm-hmm. the secret was interesting when it came out and that it repackaged a lot of this stuff in a way that, mm-hmm. you know, your average layperson might be able to get and understand. But you know, all, all everything that's talked about in the secret, with the exception of some of the stuff around quantum physics, um, I think has really been around for oh, thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. know, some of it was the law of attraction. Secret. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The word occult, as in occultism, yes. literally means to occlude or make something not visible Ooh. or secret. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the, you know, groups, you know, I can probably say with a certain amount of accuracy that like groups like the Freemasons yes. had a lot of stuff that was occult practices mm-hmm. as part of, you know, their lodge mm-hmm. working. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's all this stuff has been out there for a long time, but you know, a lot of the time it's been relegated to the you know, specific white male, you know, hierarchy, or I guess if you want to talk about traditional witchcraft, um, yeah, right. survival. That's what it, I think of when I hear a colonial one. Yeah, right, and, right. You know, some of it has been preserved matrilineally and folk yes. customs and what have you. Yes. But yeah, nothing, nothing new is really new in a lot of cases. I think a lot of this stuff has been out there for forever yes um i find it interesting that people will take 
various traditional practices and repackage them yes. and present them and market them like a product. Hmm. You know, either, hey, buy my book, buy my video, you know, yeah, come take my seminar or workshop, what have you. Yes. And it's great to have the information out there, but I always, I don't ever put myself out there like that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't um, really because I don't feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I got to think about that and decide whether or not, you know, eventually that's something I might want to explore. Well, this might be the first step for you, Brendan. Yeah, it could Putting be. yourself out there, you know, hopefully this goes far and wide. I was just thinking of another um, saying for teeth, Brendan, don't, lo- don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Ooh, that's a good one. It's really about the teeth. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because like, that's how they tell whether or not a horse healthy. is good. healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how old it is. Yeah. So, um, but that, I know there's got to be more. Chew, chew, well, chew on it. While chew you were on saying, it for, chew on it for a while, yeah. Chew on it for a while. It. Yeah. <laughs> or chew. ruminating. Ruminating. Is that about teeth? Well, cows ruminate. They're their uh their cud <laughs> yeah they they literally like how many five stomachs right something they regurgitate like it back into their mouth and chew it again and again I, and again I and think swallow they have four, it but i might be yeah, wrong th- i'm yeah <laughs> taking a wild guess there i'm not yeah. a bovine uh specialist um <laughs> but i play one on tv no, uh, <laughs> um the other thing that popped Brendan, in my knock head, knock yeah who's there not wait I'm doing it again. Knock, knock. Who is there? All right. Let's shoot. <laughs> Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow Ooh. who? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Kristen's daughter loves that joke and okay. she tells it over and she over. She probably tells it way better than I just did because I couldn't quite remember. Wait, what are you supposed to say and when? Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. So it's okay. Uh, for a hot moment while you were talking about the the chewing thing and the horse yeah yeah what popped in my head was actually um greek mythology the story of jason and the argonauts and his attempt to recover the golden fleece um as he's trying to make his escape i think it's the king who is the father of the daughter who is who he's rescuing from being sacrificed um sows the teeth of the hydra which is this mythical creature that you know very difficult to kill because every time you cut it off it sprouts more heads yeah right right but in sowing the teeth of the hydra as seeds it sprouts up these like dead undead warriors who come to attack him but there's this whole thing to attack who the guy who planted jason they know they attack jason they go after him and try okay. to prevent him from leaving with the daughter and the golden fleece. Oh. Yeah. But sewing the teeth of the Hydra has come to mean a lot of different sewing things. Sewing the and, teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you. I love exploring different dream images. You know, that's, that's awesome. Um, and like usual, I've had a lot, a lot of really peopled dreams. I had a, a, a day residue dream where I was at some big buffet restaurant type thing with people, women I know, 
and um and i had a scarf around my neck and then i was like oh and i put the scarf over my nose and mouth and then i was like why don't any of you have masks on and i was sort of chastising them for not wearing not that i was thinking of it either until i realized oh i can use this but um and that i i considered day residue because all happening you know it's all happening right now yeah, around us not unlike the dream i was talking about a couple of weeks ago about being in public where they had released or reduced the restrictions and people were yes. kind of walking around yes. freely and i that's still have right. my mask on that's right yeah do you have that dream before or after we talked about that after okay. after i had it recently yeah i mean that's one thing for you viewers out there if you ever decide to do dream yeah first day with a new tongue. Um, <laughs> if you ever do dream group work with people, the one thing, and Jessica will also agree with me on this, that um, what you end up finding over time is that the people you work with, your dreams all start to merge in sort of weird ways and overlap. There's becomes um, themes. Yeah. There do you remember? So recurring I, themes will come I remember up. a couple of themes. <clears throat> in the center for symbolic studies mm -hmm. we had a fire theme like there was a lot of people's houses <laughs> were on fire or oh, that's having imagery of father father that's interesting father. fire <laughs> Freudian said Luke I am your father <laughs> so um and and I think I also remember that that happened with bears then we were all hmm. dreaming about bear. It was something. It was. It might have been. It might have been the wolves. But I had had dreams about both. But we were having like wild animal themes, and it was so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know back reconnecting that with the whole tooth thing is that usually when I think of teeth, I don't necessarily think of human teeth. I usually think about animal teeth. Yes. Um. And I think that's because like the idea of like, you know, nature being red in tooth and claw is like oh. part of um, my personal connection to the theme of wildness. Yes. Um, you know, a wolf that didn't have sharp teeth would not be able to feed itself. It would right. probably die and that's, or be, you know, urged away by the rest of the pack. So yeah. it wasn't going to be a burden. So, yeah. Nature is cruel. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's cruel. I would just say that it's indifferent to what oh, yeah. humans believe to be. Indifferent. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with our moral compass, per totally. se. That's one of the things that makes us at least slightly different from other animals. Right. You know, I... um. Eveline in a poem. I think I shared this poem <clears throat> on the podcast before, but um, I just say because she is so impersonal. Talking about God, you know, mm -hmm. it's a feminine representation of God. She is so impersonal. Amadea Allah, the Great Mother. You know, and I go on and on, but I mean, it's so clear. God is impersonal, and that's hard, right? We want, don't we want like a overseeing you know loving parent type relationship with god yeah i think i saw i want to say this was in 
Oh boy, probably in daily ohm. Um, this past week we had uh, full moon in Scorpio, yes, which is pretty powerful. Um, yes, and there was an overarching theme, you know, being talked about in the daily ohm about the great mother and mm. the relationship to the moon. Um, oh, I love it, and you know they were very much talking in the article about the idea of this great nurturing, you know, all loving, yes, embracing mother goddess figure. Um, Sounds like Amma. Yeah, Amachi, the hugging saint. Amachi, yes. Yeah, I've seen her. Um, I actually did receive a hug from her. Oh, wonderful. Uh, it was interesting experience, yeah. Um, it was at a time in my life, right around this time of year, in fact, um, that I went to see her and I was in crisis at the time on a few different levels. And a friend of mine was actually facilitating the process to get people in line to see her. Um, this was in New York City. It was a big, you know, conference hall. And basically you went there, you got a ticket with a number on it and you were told to come back at a certain time. And mm -hmm. so while I did that, I walked around the neighborhood and I think it was in Soho. And I first stumbled on this like outdoor garden area that was like mm -hmm. probably an old basketball court or whatever that had been converted. And it was like literally when you step through the gateway of this garden space, you felt nature you felt the living force of the plants wow. all there and people were like there was like a salsa dance class going on there was all <laughs> these different things going on around there and i remember just going in there and just tuning in and then when i walked out i walked by what turned out to be i guess a krishna temple okay and i heard um what do they call it uh, like satsang music coming out of there they were doing nice. and basically someone at the door is like welcome welcome come in come in so i'm like okay go with the flow i went in and sat they and they never let you leave again <laughs> no they were they were fine it wasn't like a regular krishna um it, thing you know where they try to indoctrinate you mm -hmm. um because i've been there and done that um okay. <laughs> vegetarian food's great but yeah you got to figure out how to like navigate <laughs> that whole thing mm -hmm. Um, and it felt like it was a nice little ramp up into going to see Amachi. Yes. And when I got in the line and finally went, there was someone else in line who had been, she and I had been close. Um, I would never say that we were fully partners because it never was able to evolve to that level, mm -hmm. but there had been some disruption in that. Okay. And when she went up, she cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. <sighs> And when I went up, I was hoping for and expecting some kind mm -hmm. of emotional release, mm -hmm. and it didn't come. Um, mm -hmm. I think I was blocked in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. I did feel something. I got something from her. Mm. I can't really put a finger on what it is. But, yeah, I mean, she she's a good avatar representative of the Great Mother in some ways. Yes. She's solid. You can yes. feel her energetic presence when you're in the room with her, she yes. manifests that pretty damn well. Do you um, remember my dream? I just told it maybe even last week where um, there were uh, old, not old, larger uh, women holding me and another girl. And then one woman started rocking me. Yeah. It, was that, it was the same mother energy, you know, that, that protective 
nurturing energy. Yeah, and I think like with everything that's been going on in the world, we all are wanting and needing that right now. And that was part of the focus of that article talking about the moon this week was that yes. it's a very powerful moon that we have just gone through. Um, mm. You know, that lunar mother energy is present. Yes. Um, it's something that we can tune into. And, you know, while it's now waxing, technically, it's still pretty bright. Um, I thought it was full already. No? It's uh, Thursday, I said, yeah, that's why I said it's waning. You said waxing, but you meant waning. I meant waning if I said yeah. waxing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. as we, you know, go into the darker part, you know, it's still bright enough that you can probably get, you know, some of that benefit of, spending some time and maybe taking a moon bath or whatever. Oh, I love it. Um, I think Since, the moonlight yeah. activates your penile gland too. I love that. Active dreaming. Yeah. When I, uh, since, since I've started menstruating, um, more often than not, and very regularly, I still haven't stopped yet, but, um, it's during the full moon and then ovulating during the new moon, That's like cool. my, my whole life. So it's like, my body knows what the moon is doing, which is cool to keep track of that. It's good to know what the moon is doing day to day. Yeah, like, you know, scientists say that if the moon wasn't there, life would not exist on the planet Earth. Because right, does it, it keeps it in a gravitational, does the moon, is it like a it, rudder? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a rudder per se, but it, I think it does have a gravitational impact on the earth and as far as like creating like the ionosphere and the chronosphere and all the magnetic forces that are involved in okay. creating that stasis that we have um our very regular orbit um the cycles are really constant the water on the planet is very tied to the moon and obviously yes. the tides and the yes. oceans move it's with just it extraordinary yeah, and that. our bodies are 99 percent yes. water yes well, I love that our bodies, I don't know if this is true, but it, I, I might be saying it wrong, but our bodies are the same percentage of water to matter as the earth is water to like oh, interesting. land. But yeah, I know no, our, our blood has the same salinity sure. as seawater. Really? Oh, is that yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. The alkalinity so connected, is the same. So connected to nature. Thank goodness. Yeah, this is why, you know, these crazy people are talking about, you know, um, moving to Mars and colonizing Mars. And I'm like, you know what? Go. I'm staying here. I, I love Earth. I'm going to help Earth in her journey. Yeah, that, 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 that I read an article about that recently. I was like, wow, you know, this is like <laughs> some far out science fiction going here. And is it the, the guy... Uh, Elon Musk, who is like yes. part of this whole project. Yeah. So yeah, the super rich are going to clone themselves or download themselves to computers <laughs> and upload themselves to clone bodies and live out new lives on Mars. That's okay, you know, and I'll, again, stay here. I am a human being. What I love about Hebrew is, so Earth is called Adama. Adama is Earth. And Adam means Earth being. So from the earth, Adama, comes Adam, earth being. And then as my teacher, Gershon Winkler, teaches, then, then uh, God splits the first human, not takes of its rib, hmm. but its side. So 
takes it apart. And then there's woman, there's man and woman. And um, I, I like that. It's more of a... Yeah, and I, I'm guessing that that probably quality. speaks to older mystical traditions within yeah, the totally. you know, totally. Hebrew diaspora. Um, and it really does resemble more a lot of the other world myths about the creations of humans. Like mm -hmm. there's that whole thing and i think it's plato who talks about it a lot but the idea that there were originally like i want to say three sexes in the original forms there was okay there was and they were both these beings that had like two heads you know four arms they sound like hydra <laughs> yeah i mean but they're joined by i think the backside um oh and they're conjoined. Were, yeah like conjoined twins yeah. and they are male 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 female and female female and something happened and the huh. gods pulled them apart and made them all separate beings so you had men and women but this was their their way of explaining you know Sexuality. homosexuality yeah mm -hmm. and it was not considered an abomination right it was considered part of the natural order as right. far as they were concerned right. Right. this is how the gods made humans to begin with that's right and you spend your entire life seeking your other half and it's this is kind of like where some of the ideas about soulmates comes from right in the western tradition is from this sort of platonic concept hmm. of constantly wanting to be reunited Yes. Half. Yes. 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 Very true, Brendan. So thank you so much for coming to the Zoom room. So I guess Michelle, Michelle couldn't figure out her audio. Yeah, and I guess Carla, Carla said, it's hard for me because it's the middle of the day. And I said, okay, come if you can, you know, come if you can. So again, Brendan, if you uh, have any other friends, who or know of anybody else who might be interested in joining our Saturday Dream Group? Please let okay. me know. All right. Because I think yeah, I'll, I'll send a couple of people some invitations and see if wonderful. Because I know okay. some very interesting individuals. It would be great to get them on camera and record some of their thoughts about things. Excellent. I'll, I'll look forward to that. That sounds great. So again, thank you, and thank, thank you. you, thank you, listeners and dreamers, and. Holomod Metukin. I don't know what that means, but aloha. <laughs>